Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments, Season 3. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the odd, the weird, the strange. Hope you'll enjoy it. Now, on with the show. Hello, my fellow Mysterians. This week, instead of stories of oddities around us, I have a treat. An interview with author and paranormal enthusiast, John E. Olson. Author John Olson lives in beautiful northern Utah. He resides on the far north side of Cache Valley in Lewiston with his wife and three kids. He enjoys the outdoors and spending his time with his family. John was born and raised in Cache Valley. At the age of eight, he began to realize that the home he lived in was peculiar. His parents still own the old farmhouse built in the mid-1880s. Strange experiences such as phantom knocks, Loud boots running the stairs and missing objects became commonplace for him. With each run-in with what he called the man in the hat, John's interest in the paranormal grew. He was forbidden by his parents from telling anyone of his experiences for fear of what others in the small community would think. He found solace in learning everything he could about his encounters from library books. As he reached his teen years, his friends would visit his home and have experiences of their own. This opened the door for him to tell others of his experiences. As he shared his extraordinary stories, friends of friends came to him sharing stories of their brushes with the supernatural. Fueled by his own experiences with the unknown, John has spent the last 28 years interviewing and documenting first-hand accounts of those who have witnessed all kinds of strange and unusual phenomena in the western United States. The Stranger Bridgerland series contains first-hand accounts of everything from ghosts, monsters, and hauntings, to glitches in the Matrix, Sasquatch, and UFOs. Book 1, Stranger Bridgerland, was published in 2017. Book 2 followed... It's called Beyond Stranger Bridgerland, and it was published in 2018. And book three, Stranger West, is being released next month in August. John has been a guest on the following radio shows and podcasts. He was on the Ether podcast. He was on Jim Harold's The Paranormal podcast. He was on Madam Raven's podcast. He was on Coast to Coast AM. 
He was on into the fray. He was on end of days. Dropped the mic with AJ and McCall. The X Zone radio show. Midnight in the Desert. Utah Paranormal Expo. Spaced Out Radio. Supernatural Realm. VFX with AJ and McCall. The Truth Underground Radio. He was on Beyond Reality with Jason Hawes, formerly of Ghost Hunters. And again, he was on VFX Drop the Mic, Stranger Bridgerland, and Into the Fray, Stranger Bridgerland. And now, it's Terry's Mysterious Moments' turn to host John as he shares with us some stories he's gathered. Well, here we are on air, as it were, with John Olson. John is an author, as I said earlier, and we are glad to have him as a guest on Terry's Mysterious Moments, and I hope you'll enjoy the show. John, tell us what you would tell us. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on, Terry. I really appreciate it. I, I love your podcast and your stories. It's, thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. I, I really appreciate it. I can I can jump in and kind of give you a background of where I came from and how I got interested in the paranormal. Yeah, um, that sounds as, good. As a young boy, I, I grew up in a home in northern Utah, and the house was over 100 years old uh, at the time. And by the time I was about eight years old, I figured out that there were things in my house that, that weren't in my friend's house. And uh, my sister and brother and I, spent a lot of time talking about it and for instance uh, there were heavy footsteps that would go up and down the stairs at all times of the day or running up and down the stairs and no one would be there and we coined the term the stair monster because as kids you kind of gather to or collect towards what what sounds right to you and uh, as we got older and as I got older and had friends over they started experiencing things in my home and at that point, they started asking me to tell stories about what had happened in my house and everything at parties and, and on dates. And before long, by the time I was 17, I had people coming to me and bringing me their paranormal stories. And it wasn't long before I realized, hey, someday I want to write at least one book about these. And so for 28 years, I've been collecting stories of the paranormal, ghosts, uh, Bigfoot, UFOs, starting here in northern Utah and spreading out through all of the western United States. Uh, that's pretty cool. I um, I became interested in the paranormal because my house, too, up in central Texas, was a house that was built in 1940 from lumber taken from other residences. So by the time I lived there in the mid to late 60s, early 70s, you couldn't drive a wall, a nail into the wall because the wood was hard. Oh, right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I would see, I wouldn't see orbs, but I would see their precursors, light flashes. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And um, I used to stay up late and watch television as an agreement with my mother that the first time I didn't get up to go to school, she would make me go to bed early. But I would stay up and watch all these talk shows where they would talk about things paranormal. And one of the people on one of the shows said, if you see light flashes in your room, your, your chances are you have spirits around you. 
Well, oh, right. it, it'll look like the 4th of July in my family room sometimes when I'm watching television. But um, oh. I, mean, I had a lot of experiences in that house where uh, I would hear, we had what is called a buffet. Are you, you familiar with the buffet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We had one of those, and I was in the family room one day. I'd just gotten home from school, and Mom was out. And it sounded like the buffet got tipped over. Oh, wow. You know, so we're talking huge crash. And I go, right. in, I go in where the buffet is, and there's absolutely nothing wrong in those rooms. The, the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, nothing was mm-hmm. on the ground. So right. I believe I had poltergeist in my house. Um, I had visions in that house, at least one vision of a, of a demon in a Dracula cape with two wolves. Oh, wow. And that'll really well, scroll your nerd if you're not careful. Uh, yeah, exactly. It would. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I had another time when someone came into my room at, just after midnight and stood there for two or three hours. And then when I got up the next morning, my mother had ironed some jeans the day before and laid them in a chair at the foot of my bed. And when I got up, the, the jeans had wrinkles in them, like someone oh. had been sitting there. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that that's unnerving. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird, but you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, it, it's scary, but it is pretty cool. Um, right. Then later on, you know, I started hearing about places to go check out, and sometimes I would, and other times I would just say, "No, I'm not up to that yet." But um, yeah, in in the house you lived in, did you ever see anything? Um, yeah, so um, there was one apparition that we would that we all had a chance to see at least at least one. And um, for me, I remember I came home from school. I was in eighth grade. Uh, nobody was home, and I went into the kitchen. I made myself a sandwich and and went into the front room and sat down on the couch, getting ready to turn the television on. And something out of the corner of my eye, some movement caught caught my attention and I turned and standing there in the big doorway was a gentleman really tall and skinny in a white shirt um, he had overalls on and a wide brimmed hat uh, but I could see through him and I couldn't see his facial features but I could see you know his clothes very well and uh, boots and he walked into the front room and he sat in the rocking chair that was directly across from me and started rocking back and forth in the chair. And uh, I kind of, after a minute, I closed my eyes and counted to 10, and I opened my eyes, and he was gone. The chair continued to rock for just a minute, and then it stopped, and and I jumped up and went outside to the front porch until my mother got home from the errands she was running. But uh, that was was really the the first time that I had seen, you know, a a full-body apparition. Um, And... Even though uh, that was one time that I did feel scared, um, but for the most part, I never felt frightened uh, by anything that was going on, um, and I never felt there was an evil presence. Uh, but for sure, that the individual or individuals there, at least one of them, is what we what I really call a trickster. He loves to play pranks on on people, especially if he knows that it's somebody who he can irritate or get to. Um, if he knows that you're a little afraid, then 
they'll definitely poke at that person more than others. Yeah. So, but it, it, I mean, over the years, my parents still live in the home, and there's still things that go on. Uh, for example, not very long ago, a couple weeks ago, I stopped by the house, and my parents' car was gone, so I knew nobody, nobody was home. But I walked in the back back door, and just out of instinct, I yell out, uh, "Hello, I'm home," and. I hear a voice in the front room say, we're in here. And I thought, oh, maybe my sister borrowed the car or something. My parents must be home. And I walked in the front room, and sure enough, TV is off and nobody is home. Wow. And so I, I sat down and and uh, decided to read a book and wait for my parents to get home. And I heard the back door open and shut, and, and my father's voice call out, oh, are you here? And I said, yeah, I'm here. So I jump up and walk into the kitchen, the back door, and nobody's there. And I said, and I said out loud, oh, you got me again. You know, he, he was mimicking my, my father's voice or whatever it was uh, to get me. And he did it one more time. And finally, when my parents come home and did open the door and called, I didn't answer. And they walked in. They're like, why didn't you answer? And I said, oh, I wasn't sure it was really you. I've been but, answering uh, y'all all afternoon. Right, right. I could be up and down all, all the whole time, but well, let me uh, let me interrupt you to ask this: Do you think that trickster spirit may be an Indian? You know, I from what I understand, um, interestingly enough, um, the home. I looked into the the history of the home, and uh, the second owner of the house, the first owner, didn't have it very long. It was actually built by the railroad. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but when the railroad came. West, uh, the government paid for part of the railroad by giving the railroad land, and mm-hmm. then they would either but or sell it later on to make their money. And mm-hmm. the railroad had purchased the, the house and built it, and then the second owner was actually an ancestor of mine, a great great uncle, I believe. And uh, oddly enough, when my grandmother passed away, she only lived a block away from the house I grew up in. And we were going through the old um, photo albums that she had. I turned the page, and I just about fell out of the chair because standing there in front of my house was a gentleman in a white shirt, overalls, and really tall, skinny, with a right wide-brimmed hat. And that was him, my great great uncle. So that's mm-hmm. who I believe. That's who we believe is in the house, and we believe he's the one that likes to play pranks on people. So, so this is not the typical hat man that people talk about. No, no, no. It's different. Uh, the hat person that a lot of people have seen is, uh, from what I understand, and from talking to people, is that's more associated with the um, the shadow people. Also, yeah. this this is a, an actual ghost of someone who lived before. Mm. From what I understand, and from uh, from what I've gathered from you know, exploring the history of the house. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, let's move on to other areas of the weirdness, which I love. You're up in Bigfoot country, correct? Oh, yes. Yep, we, we have a lot of Bigfoot uh, history and, um, and, and stories from this area, and I've actually collected quite a few Bigfoot stories up here. Yeah, where I'm from, there in central Texas... We never had big ape, you know, hairy man stories. We had some really wild stories. Uh, we had one called the um, 
the Tanglewood Beast and another one called the um, the Blackjack Beast. Come to find out, they were both blamed on being pumas. Oh, really? And I remember, oh, wow. and I remember one evening as we were, my mother and father and I were going up to visit my dad's parents in Rockdale. We had to go down our little country road to get to the highway, and there was an old railroad crossing at the bottom of this hill mm-hmm. with trees grown over. You know, it's the typical. If it were bigger, you wouldn't want to go through it in the darkness. You know, that kind of thing. And as we're driving down the road toward it, this black panther, who was as long from tip to nose to tip to tail, who was as long as the road was wide. Oh, wow. And he just jumped across the road. And and my dad stopped the truck, asked my mom, did you see that? And I said, I even saw it. So, you know, we had animals out there. But then again, we are, that was definitely rural Texas. Right. um, I live six miles out of town, so... You know, if I needed to go get anything, it took me a little bit to get there and a little bit to get back when I had a car. But right. uh, we had we had all kinds of things. I even saw a couple of UFOs and saw effects maybe of a third. Uh, oh wow! One was an actual visual that I was traveling north on the highway and I looked out to my left toward the sun sunset. And a large uh-huh. silver object, it, it probably wasn't bigger than a BB in, uh-huh. in my size, but a little object shot out from it to the north and then came back, like somebody playing with a yo-yo. Oh, wow. And I went behind, you know, uh, some trees got between us, and when I came out to a clear shot again, it was gone. Um, oh, yeah. And then another time, a friend and I were sitting in a drive-in movie theater there in Rockdale, and we saw a a V-shaped thing just drift over the top of the screen. No sound. And, of course, what we could have seen was the movie going through dust. Because it was, uh, you know, it was a dust, uh, a dirt uh, patch that the the movie theater was sitting on. But uh, it, it looked too real to be just, you know something like that but what about yeah. what about UFOs that you may have researched or seen yeah um, so I've actually collected quite a few UFO stories um, I've seen a few things that I couldn't quite explain but there weren't anything that I could you know tie down for sure as UFOs but through my through my research and everything I've actually interviewed several people who have had really close encounters uh, with UFOs. I, mm. In one of my books, in fact, uh, I interviewed a gentleman who was in the rural uh, area between, he, he was traveling from Idaho to Wyoming and then back uh, delivering parts for his company. And uh, his company had paid him the money to stay at a hotel if he wanted to. He just threw his bedroll in the back of his truck so that he could kind of pocket that money, which they didn't care. But, you know, they said you could stay in a hotel and pocket the money. And so he threw a bedroll out, and he's kind of out in the, the wilderness. It's a place called Tin Cup. It's between um, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and um, and Idaho in that area. And he woke up in the middle of the night uh, to um, bright light and a weird sound, and he got out of the back of his truck. And um, about 100 yards maybe left from him was a, a triangle-shaped UFO with a really a blue beam sucking water out of the uh, the creek that ran by uh, where he was camping. 
and he watched it for about five minutes as it sucked water up, and then the beam shut off. He said he was so close that when the beam shut off, he heard the water splash down into the creek again. Wow. Um, it was it was completely silent, and then it just turned and then shot and was gone. But he was close enough to get a really good description of the UFO. And uh, there's actually quite a few UFO stories like that up here in, in northern Utah and in the West. Um, but I find UFOs very fascinating, fascinating as well. I, I do, too. I don't know what they are, so that's why I just claim them as unidentified flying objects. Do I right. think do I think there are little gray guys running around in there going? <laughs> I don't know. Right. But I have right. I have disagreements with people who say, "You believe in Bigfoot? What are you, some kind of idiot?" I say, "Well, do you believe in aliens?" <laughs> oh yeah, of course. And uh, I say, "What's right. your what's your argument against Bigfoot?" Well, there's no fossil evidence. I say, really? <laughs> have you gotten the fossil evidence of any aliens? You know, right. so we could argue the same point two different ways. I said, it's, you know, it's a matter of, for lack of a better word, it's a matter of faith. You know, either you believe right. or you don't. And, mm-hmm. yep. and I'm not saying that I think there couldn't be life out there. But, again, as, as we talked earlier, as a Christian, my viewpoint is that the Bible is about planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And right. that's that's just my belief system. That you know, that's the way I read it. And I don't worry about right. the other planets because if we're all going to go to the same place, we'll meet them. Right, right, yeah, yep. You know, but it, it's and, one it's one of those things that can cause division among people who believe alike in so many other things. Right. Well, I I've seen a lot of um, division just among people who believe in Bigfoot and their their beliefs of what it is or where it comes from or and um and and I just like to look at it as a mystery that that I'm not sure of. Now have I seen a Bigfoot? No, I have not. Um I have come across trucks that I could not explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a I've been a deer hunter, a big game hunter all my life and my son and I uh, came across some tracks that um was huge. They were just ginormous, and um, where it went and how it had walked, uh, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Could have been Bigfoot, you know, it was very possible, but uh, as many stories as I've gathered and the people that I've interviewed uh, who really believe in what they see, I definitely believe there's something to it. What it is, I don't know, but same with UFOs. Uh, there's something people are seeing, uh, but what it is, I'm not sure. Yeah. I I got into stories like that back in the, the 60s when my second brother, uh, second oldest brother, would bring home Saga magazine. Oh, uh-huh. And they would, you know, in Old West and things like that. And there would be stories about, there was one about this uh, group of miners that were trapped in a cabin and the 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 creatures tore the roof off and and kidnapped the miners or something like that. That that right. was, you know, that was from way long time ago. And then of course uh-huh. I wasn't old enough to go to the drive-in when The Legend of Boggy Creek came out, but when I could go, I did finally. Yeah. And that yeah. was a perfect night because it was a full moon when they were showing it. <laughs> right. Right. So it was a perfect time to go jump on people's bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give them a little bit of a scare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Okay, so now you are the author of two books that are out now. Mm -hmm. and, and one that is coming. And one that is coming out next month. Mm -hmm. And the first one is called Stranger Bridgerland? Or yeah, Strange Bridgerland? Okay. Yep, Stranger Bridgerland. Um, and just real quick where that name comes from. Northern Utah, which is where the original book kind of is about, uh, was discovered and kind of um, first mapped out by Jim Bridger, the yeah. famous um, trapper. So they kind of call it Bridgerland, which is where I got the name from. Yeah. And so the first book is called Stranger Bridgerland. Uh, the second book is called Beyond Stranger Bridgerland. And uh, the third book, which is coming out next month, is called Stranger West. Uh, the next book, because of my stories, because of the books that went out, I've, I've gathered even more stories from further away. Uh, the new book has stories from Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, um, Oregon, Nevada, uh, and right near the California border. So, so consider these yeah. books as uh, concentric circles of a target. Yes. The yes, first one exactly. is the bullseye. The second one is a little bit further out, and the third one's a little bit further out. Have you ever have you ever read the series by Michael Norman and Beth Scott, uh, the uh, Haunted America series? I have, yeah, yep. I I've got that somewhere. I've read it a couple times actually. Yeah, so. I've, I've had to buy Haunted America three times because I would lo it would disappear on me. <laughs> right, I have books like that as well. So yeah. I've I have got books uh, like that as well. I've got I think five of the books over there. And one of them is kind of a recap of some other stories from different books, but they were inspirational to me in the sense that they didn't just say, oh, this is a spooky story. They just said, here's the story. Presented it right. and, you know, didn't add drama to it. They just presented it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and real quick, one of the things that I always wanted to do when I wrote my books is you'll find that all of my stories that are in there, I collected firsthand from the person that it happened to, with the one exception of a few stories that came from a gentleman that I met, his uh, great-grandfather's journal, which I kind of consider, if it's coming from somebody's journal, then that, to me, is firsthand, but uh, uh, even though I never actually in interviewed the person. Uh, right. But yeah, so what I like about my book, and that's what I always said about my books, is that it needed to come from the direct source, so... I uh, just wanted to kind of interject that in there, too. So. Yeah, those friend-of-a-friend stories kind of tear things up. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's like the yeah. like the game you used to play where you sit in a circle and you whispered something in the next person's ear, and right. by the time it got around to you, it was, you know, what you told them was apples are red, and by the time you got around to you, you said apples are radioactive and deadly, you know, things like that. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, if I hear a story like that, and I like the story, I will try my, my darndest to hunt that down to try and find the original story so I can publish it. And a few of my stories have been, you know, I heard this from this person, and I kind of had to do some, some detective sleuthing to hunt it down. And some of them went nowhere, while a lot of them went nowhere. But there were a few that I were able, you know, to hunt down the very person that it came to, right. that it happened to. You know? I would... I would love to be able to go out and question people like that, but around here in in South and Central Texas, they just mm -hmm. don't really talk much about it. Right. Although they know right. they all know stories, they don't talk much about it. And and mm -hmm. 
I really hate that kind of thing where people are so closed-mouthed about their lives and their 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 experiences that they just won't say anything. I mean, I've set up a couple of times and told people on Facebook where I'll be, and if you have a strange story, come by and bring it to me. Uh-huh. As the tumbleweeds yeah. go rolling by, you know, and right. which is really kind of strange because I was sitting at a McDonald's. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it it's it's sometimes hard to get people to open up. Uh, and, of course, that depends on where you're at, I think. Right. And and it's interesting, too, because, you know, a lot, a lot of people that I interview, um, I'll interview, they'll talk to me, tell me their story. Um, some of them are okay with their name the way it is. Some of them prefer to have their name changed so that, you know, people don't know who it is. And I do have a stack of stories, and some of them are just, just wonderful stories and they don't want them published so I don't publish them but they they sit there and every once in a while about once a year I'll try and contact them and say this is my book this is how it kind of goes and and sometimes after they see my book they'll relent and say okay here's my story and you're you know you're okay to publish and but it's really interesting yeah people especially if they've only had one experience they're really afraid of what people are going to think of them if they share their story and and part of why I wanted to, to write these books was to help people realize that that they're not alone out there. You know, they're not alone in having strange experiences that, that sometimes they have a hard time understanding themselves. Yeah. When I was a little kid, there were six of us kids in the family. One, uh, mm-hmm. one sister and five brothers. <laughs> Poor thing. Oh. Uh, but she was, she was kind of like a pit bull. And so she was a protector. Um, but the four, well, when my oldest brother went off to Vietnam, the four of us brothers that were left at home, we we slept in the same room. We had two big beds, and we slept in the same room back in the back of the house. And the garage was right next to our window, it just a pathway across. And, and it was galvanized steel. Now, you know, galvanized steel looks like steel camouflage, right? You know? Right, right. And um, we woke up, two of us woke up and looked out that window, and there was a light coming from what would be the backyard, like a, a car headlights. Oh, yeah. Because there were some trees right by the thing, and the tree shadows were to the left of the trees. So we looked out our southern window, I mean, our western window, and... There was no light out there whatsoever. But the light was still on the side of the garage. And there was nobody oh. in the driveway, so it couldn't just be an optical illusion. Right. Because the, the light was coming from behind instead of in front of. And yeah, we never did front. figure out what that was. Ah. That is interesting. Yeah. Um I, I really like mysteries like that to try and, you know, try and figure out what, what could it have possibly been, you know? Yeah. Well, the other day, uh, I'm sitting here in the house, and I was on the, the computer in the den, and the cats were between me and the kitchen. Mm. And all of a sudden, we started hearing this. And the cats turned around and looked and walked over to where they thought it was coming from. There was nobody else in the house. And if there was some idiot under my house, more power to him. I'm not going to chase him out. Um, right, right. 
but that was that was uh, the other day uh, before that I was sitting there at the computer again maybe it's trying to tell me to get off the computer I don't know but I was sitting there and it sounded like an entire shelf of mason jars fell over and spilled oh, wow. and broke and I looked and the basket that was holding the mason jars was still up on the shelf, as solid as it had been. I got up and walked solid. over, and there was no glass on the floor anywhere. And the cat right. that was sitting there was looking around like, what just happened? So right. I, I got some weird stuff here. And we've, we've had footsteps walk between my wife and I when we were sitting here in the bedroom watching TV. She uh, was on one table, I was on the other. We both had laptops, and this footsteps these footsteps walked out of my bathroom and through the room out to the kitchen mm -hmm. and oh, wow. it was like okay well a little before that we were sitting there and the bathroom door which would normally rest open against the toilet started swinging shut oh wow which was really weird because it was kind of geared to stay open that way yeah and this door swung and as it hit the frame, it didn't just hit and bounce off. It hit, and you heard the the doorknob go. It latched. Oh, wow. Oh. Takes quite a bit of force to do that. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, this is where my wife loses it. Because we hadn't talked about any of this. And all of a sudden, she looked at me and she said, well, I guess he'd had enough. And I went, innocently, he who? The ghost. Oh, you know about the ghost. Oh, yeah, I've known about him for years. Okay. So, you know, living in the situation is a little bit different than chasing it down, you know. Right. So that's why I don't chase them down. They come to me. They come to you, yep, for sure. <laughs> well, where can we buy your books? So they are available on Amazon. Um, you can find them under Stranger Bridgeland, Beyond Stranger Bridgeland, and then also Stranger West. And I have uh, the hard, hard copies that you can purchase, or they are also on the Kindle versions on mm -hmm. Amazon. Uh -huh. Okay. And you said you're going to a book signing this week? Or something? Um, oh, I just had one. I just had one yesterday. Um, uh down in central Utah. I had my books down there at a, a gathering and met with some people and, and did a book signing down there in a little place called Ephraim. It's a small town in central Utah. Okay. So. okay. I, I thought we had, I thought I understood you to say you're going out of town Monday again, but um, oh. anyway, uh, the books sound interesting. Um, one of the reviews I read said, you know, for a thin book, it's got a lot of stories in it. And I, I don't know what I don't know what they mean then, you know. So, but right. I like stories. I like books like that because I've got the Ghosts of Gettysburg series, book, oh, uh -huh. books one through eight, and mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't know there were five, six, and seven, and eight because oh. I've had the others for years. And right. uh, some other stories. Um, I've got a, a couple of books of military ghost stories. And that's kind oh, yeah. of, that's really interesting. So, mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to contact the Osmonds, see if they got any, <laughs> any ghost stories. <laughs> any ghost stories. Yeah, that would be nice. They, I, where I grew up here in northern Utah, mm -hmm. um, they actually had a summer home 
not too far from where I lived, and they would spend the summers up there, the Oslins would. Mm-hmm. So, and I got to know a few of their grandkids and, and stuff like that growing up. Yeah, well, that's pretty neat. <laughs> well, we're running close on time here, so I guess we'd better wrap it up. Uh, okay. I want to thank you, John, for first contacting me and then agreeing to be on the show. Uh, it's been interesting. Uh, I love talking about this kind of stuff, and I love talking about it with people who know what they're talking about when we talk about it. Right. I well, know. thank you so much for having me on, Terry. I really appreciate it. No it's problem whatsoever. And I think we'll just go ahead and close it off there. So goodbye, okay. my fellow Mysterians. I want to remind you that on Mondays, Aaron Hunter has Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. On Tuesdays, we have Aaron Frail, who does Aaron's Horror Show. Wednesdays, it's me, Terry's Mysterious Moments. And on alternating Thursdays, we have Patrick Sean Jones with the Sandman Lullaby. And on the first Friday of the month, we have video. But wait, hold your horses. There's a new show added to the RPA family lineup. It'll be on Fridays with the Full Dark Productions and the Witching Hour programs. It is a video show, and it's called Unexplained Cases. So welcome to the RPA family. Remember that you can go to your app store on either Apple or Android, download the RPA app, and when you open that up in your whatever you listen to the program on, you will not have to go looking for the shows. They will be right there all together. So look for that, the RPA app on your app stores. Well, that's all I have for this week, so I want to thank you for being along. Come back next week. I hope you enjoy the show. Have a great week. Bye-bye.